Hi, my name is John, and this is my good buddy, Andy, and you're listening to the Packers Blitz Podcast, the podcast done by two diehard Packer fans who have survived the dark times of the 1980s Packers football and lived to talk about it. And Packers Blitz is always dedicated to the greatest fans in professional sports, Packer fans. Hey, Andy, how are you? Hey, John. How was your New Year's? Yeah, it was great. It was great. Yeah, my wife and I, you know, spent some time together, actually bonded over Star Trek, actually, nice. but that's beside the point. But at least we were together and celebrating yeah. the new year nice. together. So we watched that's a awesome. few of the shows on on the boob tube on the TV and, yeah. uh, you know, they had the, some of the countdown shows. They had some uh, bands sure. playing like Green Day mm-hmm. and whatnot. Yeah. So we, I saw a little bit of that, but um, yeah, for the right. most part. Um, no big, big celebration or anything, not mm. too much, uh, you know, not any alcohol or anything, which is kind of sad, but, <laughs> okay. but true. So right. how about you? Yeah, pretty much same old, same old, except let's talk about the game. People don't want to hear about us. Let's talk about the game. Oh, but Andy, uh, take it away. wait, 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 John, breaking news. Uh, Ken Bowman, who played Uh-oh. center for the Green Bay Packers from yeah. 1964 to 1973, okay. and was part of three consecutive championship teams, has died. Uh, he was 81. So rest in mm. peace, rest Ken Bowman. Peace. So I figured I'd uh, that just popped up on my phone a few minutes ago and keeps okay. popping up from different sources. Okay. So uh, yeah. Feel bad about that. So yeah, um, so starting on a down note, but yeah, okay. Any any thoughts on Ken? I know you're well, a I don't know more of a history Ken. buff. I don't know anything about Ken to be honest with you, but uh, rest in peace, Ken. Rest in <laughs> peace and moving yeah. on. Uh, so, uh, John, Packers fans, Packers Blitz fans, it's gonna gonna be tough to do this podcast tonight. Uh, yes, the Packers defeated the Vikings on New Year's Eve night. Yes, we kicked their butts. However, however, I cannot get a certain image of Kirk Cousins out of my head. (laughs) Right before kickoff, I was scarred for life. (laughs) Here's what what happened. According to Vikings insider Will Raggetts of SI.com. This is from Will. Cousins was announced as the Gallahorn Sounder. The Gallahorn, by the way, uh, that big horn that is blown before Vikings games. By it. Yeah, that. <laughs> then when the camera cut to him and his son, Cooper, Cousins ripped off his shirt to reveal a big gold chain. A callback to last season's Kirko Chains alter ego. The crowd went absolutely wild. End quote. Uh Well, not everyone (laughs) watching went wild seeing a shirtless uh, Kirk Cousins. It still haunts me to this day. I will continue. It will continue to haunt me. Um, I'm, I'm just glad that that the sound of the Gallahorn, all of the skull chants, and even a shirtless NFL quarterback and his son couldn't fire up the Vikings team. Just like John and I have stated many times on Packers Blitz, the Vikings are truly the Vikings. John, any comment on that? No, what's nice about this? I have a little baby cry. Uh, That game, (laughs) to me was first of all it was very strange when i walked in i told andy offline here when i walked in i all i saw was kirk cousins and his son without their shirts off and i went what is going on (laughs) i thought i was on a wrong channel i'm like what wait what so that started out weird and then it got even weirder when i'm looking i'm thinking oh my god we're gonna turn you know, haul into, you know, the next Joe Montana. This is going to be awful. I can't bear to watch this. And like nothing happened. Hall looked like 
oh my God, a rookie quarterback who has started twice. He looked horrible. And yeah, I was a just deer in headlights. Yeah, yeah, like a he deer in headlights. And, and I'm going, <laughs> okay, all right. It, this is usually the way it starts. This is usually the way it goes. And then the wheels fall off. But they never did. I mean, this never did. And I, again, I don't know who was coaching the defense. It wasn't Joe Barry. Uh, maybe maybe they had AI or they had some artificial intelligence, I mean, or something. But I've never seen anything with the exception of maybe two or three games in Joe Barry's career where he just dominated. Our defense just dominated the opponent, and it wasn't even close. And this game wasn't even close. I, you know, uh, Andy was texting me during the game, and he said, oh, no lead is safe. Uh, we're up like 20 points in the third, but no lead is safe. <laughs> now with Joe Barry, right? <laughs> right, that with Joe Barry. And then with accepted tour A, and I feel sorry for this kid. I don't know what happened to him. We'll maybe bring that up another Packers uh, uh, blitz episode, but oh, that poor kid. Because <laughs> he was the only guy that goofed up really bad and gave them points. And I was surprised they even got those points. So, yeah. I just thought it was an interesting game, and whew, it was really nice to sit back and watch and not worry. By the way, I'm going to do a quick follow-up, Andy. So the, the Panthers, Carolina Panthers, played the Jacksonville Jaguars. Guess how Bryce Young played? <laughs> uh, horribly, because they didn't horribly, score any points. Yes, and on top of it, <laughs> Old man Thielen had like three catches for like, I don't know, 30 some yards. <laughs> and yes, they did not score any points. So explain to me how we can play so crappy and then just have this just crazy good game and just play our opponent who knows us really, really well, even though they were bringing in quarterbacks like people changing, you know, their socks. Um, I don't, I don't get it. I'm sorry. I just don't get it. Anyway, that's my little two cents, I guess, on that one. <laughs> I just don't get it. So yeah, anything yeah, else so, with that? Nope. Nope. We'll talk a little bit about it a little bit later. Uh, right now we're going to get in some, uh, very interesting, interesting facts and questions. John, you're going to take this section. Uh, if you want to explain to the audience that we have out there, uh, you know, what exactly very interesting is about and uh, take it away. Yeah. Great. So normally Andy does this, but Andy, let me have this. Thank you. Uh, so very interesting is kind of some interesting questions that we kind of pose and, and kind of look at, you know, here Packers blitz and tonight I would delve into some very interesting questions that relate to the both the Packers, and NFL. And because Andy and I both want to keep this under an hour, <laughs> we will put the Ask Andy segment on hold or pause until, uh, well, next week. Uh, Andy's, oh, by the way, before I forget. Yeah, Andy's I won't be here next coming week. up, and so we're going to go, happy birthday to you. He's, he's coming up. And he's going to be in Hawaii. Look yep. at that guy. Yeah. So anyway. Nothing but palm trees and stun. We hope. So uh, there we go. Yay! Um, all right. So here's the thing I've been I've been wondering, and other people have been wondering out there. Why isn't Jordan Love in the MVP race? Because let's just just take a thought here on that, because it's very interesting. Why isn't Jordan Love considered? MVP or even in the MVP race, he's not even in there. Forget it. Right. Uh, they went up on uh, ESPN and they flashed the people who are up there, which I will get to in a second. And he's not even in the conversation. So let, let's just go into some quick things here. Jordan Love is 10th in passing yards, third in passing touchdowns, mm -hmm. and has thrown few, fewer, excuse me, interceptions than Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. And Tua Taga, whatever. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I just got Tua. So I From Hawaii. Thank you. 
over the Packers last seven games where the Packers have gone five and two again, Jordan Love has 16 TD passes and one interception. That's a 16 to one ratio ratio. That's we are talking upper echelon quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes Tua, Josh Allen on and on. Right. So, Let's compare some of the front runners for MVP with Jordan Love. Okay, so <clears throat> we'll start with Jordan Love. Jordan Love, as of right now, thank you, Andy, for updating, has 3,843 yards, 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, a 93.8 quarterback rating, four rushing touchdowns. Brock Purdy, who is definitely in this conversation, has 4,280 yards, 31 TDs, 11 interceptions, a 113 uh, quarterback rating, and two rushing touchdowns. Jalen Hurts, who is definitely in the conversation, has 3,803 yards, 23 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. He's really starting to go out of this race. Uh, A 91 even quarterback rating, but 15 rushing touchdowns lamar jackson who is the front runner right now according to vegas uh he has 3678 yards 24 touchdowns seven interceptions a 102.7 quarterback rating five rushing touchdowns before you move on uh john with lamar jackson he's got i believe over 800 yards uh, rushing, I'll have to look up the exact uh, okay. amount. Sure, but sure. but that's of course his game, along with yeah, uh, Jalen Hurts. So, yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah there's a okay. reason he's at three thousand seven hundred. Uh, sorry, three thousand six hundred seventy-eight yards passing because he has so yeah. many rushing yards. So many rushing. All right, okay. Right. All right. Interrupt. Thank you. No, thank you. Uh, Mahomes or Patrick Mahomes. Again, this is a down year for him. 4,183 yards, 27 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, and 92.6 quarterback rate. And he's having a down year, and you can't even argue that. Josh Allen, 3,947 yards, is having, it, in my opinion, a down year. 27 touchdowns, 16 interceptions, 91.5 riding, uh, quarterback rating, 15 rushing touchdowns. Tua. I'm just going to say two up. Uh, has 4,451 yards, 28 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, a 103, a 0.0 quarterback rating. And last but certainly not least, Cowboy fans. Yes, Dak Prescott, 4,237 yards, 32 touchdowns, eight interceptions, 104.2 quarterback rating, and two rushing touchdowns. Now, Remember what I said before. I'm going to go back here, okay? Jordan Love. I'm just going to repeat this really quickly. 3,843 yards, 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, a 93.8 quarterback rating, and four uh, rushing TDs. And, by the way, folks, we've been ad nauseum. We know this Packer Blitz fans and Packer fans. He's playing with kids. (laughs) He is. He does not have Devonte Adams. He does not have Mercedes Lewis. He does not have uh, who else you want to throw out there, Andy? Anybody else you want? To, veteran receiver, um, the guy at the Jets right now. Oh, Alan Lazard. Um, you see what I'm saying? He is no number one, no true number one. Even though Jaden Reed is kind of inching up, but he can't stay in there. Christian Watson. Is eating a eating a hoagie <laughs> on the freaking bench, you know. And Devontae Wicks just got hurt, and we have a king of the practice squad player, Bo Melton, as his number one target Sunday night. Like, come on! I mean, all these other guys: Brock Purdy, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Tua, Dak Prescott have premier. Premier receivers. Yeah, he, does, he doesn't have a Tyree Kill. He doesn't have a CD Lamb. He doesn't have an AJ Brown. You want me to doesn't list them off? Nope. These are the top ones. Doesn't he doesn't have a, have a Brandon Ayuk. 
Uh, he does, doesn't Kelsey. have uh, what's another one? Debo Samuel. Yep, Debo Samuel. Um, I was uh, trying to pick ones that the quarterbacks had. So, um, right. yeah. So, I mean, he doesn't have any of those premier wide anybody. receivers. Doesn't, he doesn't. doesn't add, there he isn't doesn't, anybody in the top twenty yeah. <laughs> receivers no. that I can even see that's a Packers receiver. No. Now, Jaden Reed's no. been great, but he hasn't yeah. been Tyreek yeah. Hill great. Yeah. Or he no. hasn't been. He's like he's like a uh, a Debo Samuel light, and uh, he's not even uh, Debo Samuel Samuel this year yeah. again. And George Kittle, we forgot George Kittle. So Brock Purdy has George Kittle, Debo Debo Samuel, yep. and Ayu Travis Kelsey for you know KC right? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know so they got some really really it's good down, players down on that team still. OBJ Lamar Jackson is OBJ and and, and he has uh, well Mark Andrews is not playing that much but when he comes back he, he's out <laughs> he's yeah but when he comes yeah, back right he won't so, next year <laughs> he so won't Andy, be back I'm not I'm not doing an ask Andy I just want just a quick comment just a really quick comment why why is he in this conversation? Why isn't Jordan Love in the MVP conversation? Yeah, I think it comes down to a lot of times with the MVP voting, it has to do with wins. And unfortunately, he's, you know, we only have eight wins this year. And a lot of the other quarterbacks that you listed off are the ones that are winning yeah, quarterbacks. So, and that's what it comes down to. All of them are. Every single one you listed off, John, has uh, at least 10 wins, I believe, uh, yeah. just looking at the list. And a lot of them have more than that. And that's what it comes down to um, anymore. So you got a, got a player like Lamar Jackson with 821 rushing yards again, and he had five touchdown passes against a supposedly a really good Miami team uh, last week. So um, on the big stage against a really good opponent, he had a great game. Uh, again, uh, players like Dak Prescott, who played the Bills a few weeks ago and had a clunker, just a, mm -hmm. just a, played awful during that game. It's those big games like that. He was considered the front runner, and now Lamar Jackson is right. And then Brock mm -hmm. Purdy, he had a he had a clunker of a game too. Uh, uh, he had five, I think, yeah, four awesome. interceptions or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it might even been more than that. He should have had more than that he should a have few weeks more. ago. So yeah, again, more. because on the big stage, you had again a, a, a total clunker mm. of a game. Uh, you know that that sways voters, especially at the uh, at the end of the year. So right now, yes, Lamar is the front runner, and justifiably so. He's had a, a excellent season, an awesome season. So yeah. Um, you don't want to forget, though, people out there that you've still got Christian McCaffrey and you got uh, Tyreek Hill mm -hmm. in the mix. Of course, they are not quarterbacks. <laughs> We're only talking yeah, about the quarterbacks. But there yeah, is yeah. a consensus. Uh, you know, there are some people out there, factions out there, whatever. I'm not trying to be do go all conspiracy people on, you know, cons conspiracy theory uh, on everybody. But I'm just saying uh, that that uh, those players are in consideration for the MVP yeah. award. Typically you just don't get them though. Yeah. You don't get, uh, you know, the, those position players, those, uh, right. you know, the running backs of the world and the defensive ends, you know, and you aren't going to see those, those guys typically, if anybody would have got, it, it would have been, uh, you know, TJ Watt a few years ago. Cause that guy yeah. actually influenced Shoot. outcomes of games he yeah. probably won four or five of those games by himself uh, for mm. the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, but, and yeah. that, of course, did not happen. He won Defensive Player of the Year, but not the MVP. So, mm -hmm. I don't yeah. know. Does that answer your question, John? Yes, it does. Yes, it okay. does. So, so yeah. Andy, you can take on the next one about some news about two former Packers. Yeah. So, two former Packers, uh, pass rusher Julius Peppers and guard uh, Jari. Evans are among the 15 modern era finalists for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Peppers was signed as a free agent in 2014 and started 43 games for the Green and Gold, recording 25 sacks from 2014 to 2016. 
Evans, on the other hand, only spent one year in Green Bay in 2017. Don't have too much to say about his career with with the Packers, but he he is one of the finalists. Uh, the 2024 class also includes three prolific wide receivers, Torrey Holt, Andre Johnson, and Reggie Wayne, all catching more than 900 passes and ranking in the top 20 in career yards receiving. So, very interesting. Why isn't another prolific wide receiver like former Packer uh, Sterling yeah. Sharp in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? That's a big yeah. question mark. Uh, we talked a little bit about this on a previous podcast, uh, but according to Bill Huber of SI.com, this is what he has to say. Sharp, Sharp's initial Hall of Fame window has closed. I'm going to add this, unfortunately. <laughs> With his 20 years of eligibility as a modern-era candidate having expired, Sharp's candidacy now falls to the coach slash seniors committee where he's probably an extreme long shot. Yeah. End quote. However, it is possible. Former Packers greats like defensive end Dave Robinson and guard Jerry Kramer, who followed the same path as Sterling, ended up enshrined in Canton. Like Robinson and Kramer, uh, Sterling has been picked for the Hall of Very Good, hmm. which seeks to honor players who are not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame and was created by the Pro Football Researchers Association in 2002. Hopefully, for Sterling Sharp, the Hall of Very Good <laughs> leads to the Pro football hall of fame so i never knew about the the hall of very good job i, I have no either. idea what that was so i figured I i'd that throw that in there people uh it's very interesting though if it's yeah. any consolation uh sterling sharp was inducted into the packers hall of fame also in tw- 2002 uh john and i will talk more about sterling sharp and how he stacks up uh, to the wide receivers currently in the Hall of Fame during the offseason. Uh, John, it really bugs me. Uh, any quick comment on that? Any quick comments on Sterling before we move on? Yeah, I mean, t- to me, it's just, it's totally ridiculous with everything, you know. I, I'm just, I mean, they're idiots. I mean, there's just no way around it, and that's really all I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Just mind-boggling, John. It is. So we'll get more sense. into it in the off-season, it but it's really, really sad. It really, really it is. is. If any of the three wide receivers that I mentioned get in and Sterling's not in, then I have a serious issue because I think yeah. he was better than all three oh, that I listed absolutely. off. Absolutely. So I'm just gonna, that's all I'm going to say on that. So, yeah. uh, so we're going to move on. Uh, the Packers ring in the new year with a victory over the Minnesota Vikings 33 to 10 on Sunday night football. And so a tie tie into ringing in the new year is this communities used to bid adieu to the old year and welcome in the new one by ringing bells often in churches Decades before hordes of revelers started flocking to Times Square to watch the ball drop, which occurred first in 1907, by the way, they congregated farther downtown at Wall Street's Trinity Church in Manhattan. And some people call that actually Manhattan Trinity Church, but either way, (laughs) there people literally rang in the new year with a concert done by the church's official bell ringer, James E. Aliff. Uh, That is spelt A-Y-L-I-F-F-E, James Aliff. Very interesting, eh, John? In addition addition to actual bell ringing, the phrase ringing, you know, ring one's bell or ringing one's bell refers to striking or hitting someone with a violent blow to the head so that you might stun or concuss them. 
Aaron Jones tried to de- de-escalate a post-game <laughs> shuffle and took a shot to the face. <laughs> One could say that Vikings quarterback Andrew Booth Jr. tried to, in quotes, ring his bell. John and I want to ring Chris Collinsworth's bell every time uh, we watch a Sunday night <laughs> football game on NBC. John, ain't that right, John? <laughs> <laughs> I want to take a chainsaw to him. Yep. Oh, he's the wood, worst. Wood, wood chipper like in a Fargo, right? Please. <laughs> now we're getting really dark really quickly. He's well, yeah. awful. Chirico has, has caught something from him too because he's not. I know. He's becoming he's not any worse. better. Yeah. And he said the stupidest thing. Uh, this is get Well, there's so many Chris things. Collins- this is All the right, top no. one. This is number one. This okay. You have to agree this is number one. Okay. He said, Collinsworth said, and I quote, every time we have Jordan Love on, he does really well. I'm like, you had him on twice. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. Every time. Twice. Boy, not it's every tra- time. Track record, man. We've had him so yeah. many Yeah, he's like times, taking credit. Like two. <laughs> yeah, Chris Collinsworth was taking credit like, hey. Look at me. Every time I'm doing the game, he's doing Jordan Love. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, God. Yeah, so John Packers, uh, Blitz fans <laughs> out there, uh, you know, another meaning of ringing one's bell is to provide satisfaction or something that someone wants. What the heck does all this have to do with the with the Packers win over the Vikings? Well, <laughs> Packers fans, on this particular New Year's Eve, the Packers football team rang that bell over and over and over again for us. John, Happy New Year, and a Happy New Year to all of our listeners out there with a big exclamation point. Yeah, we definitely rang the bell, didn't we, John? Absolutely we did. Yep. So we're going to talk about some Packers bell ringers now. All right. Number one bell ringer that we had uh, during that game <laughs> had to be Jordan Love. Jordan Love, again, played fantastic. 24-33, mm. 255 yards, three passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown, which is pretty awesome. Mm. He took on a defender. Yeah. Uh, awesome job. Zero turnovers. All in caps, zero turnovers. Mm-hmm. That's something we talked about on the last podcast, yeah. didn't we, John? Yep. Just like the Aaron Rodgers of old, Love was lights out against the Blitz, completing 18 of 25 yeah. passes for 200 yards and two touchdowns. Very interesting, huh, John? Interesting. Uh, so he was great against the Blitz because, yeah. again, the Vikings are number one, the number one blitzing team in the National yes, Football yeah. League, and it's not even close. Yes, I'm close. Yep. The second bell ringer that I want to talk about, we'll talk more about Jordan later. Uh, we've already talked a lot about Jordan. He's awesome. Uh, Aaron Jones, uh, 20 mm-hmm. attempts, 120 yards again, uh, zero turnovers in caps, zero mm-hmm. turnovers. So, again, he averaged exactly six yards a carry. I think against Carolina, he averaged over six a carry. Yeah, he did. The second week in a row that Jones had over 100 yards. Up until then, we hadn't had anybody with over 100 yards uh, rushing, had we, John? Nope. And then third, I want to say, this is kind of a ranking, but the Packers' entire offensive line unit, (laughs) I'm just going to give it credit to everybody. The offense had 470 total yards. There's a reason for that. Uh, Great offensive line play, I think, right? Mm. Uh, They had 177 yards on the ground. 177 yards. There were plenty of running lanes. John, you know it. Packer fans, you know it. You saw it. Like big, big holes. Yeah. We could run through it. Right. Even us. Yeah. Slowly. Old guy. Uh, yes. According to Paul Brettel of uh, USA Today, the Vikings entered week 17 with one of the more stingy run defenses in football, allowing only 3.7 yards per carry on the season, good for the fifth lowest average. In the passing game, Minnesota came into the game ranked first 
in blitz rate, sending pressure 49% of their defensive snaps. Against Green Bay, mm. the Vikings turned up the heat to near maximum, blitzing Jordan Love on a whopping 76%. What? 76% of his drawbacks. However, the Packers O-line held up wow. very well with Love pressured just 33% of his dropbacks, including no sacks surrendered and only two quarterback hits given up, end quote. So Ooh. that was a really long quote. Nice. It was so good. I was like, all this information is really, really interesting. Yeah. I mean, he was blitzing the... They were blitzing the crap. Yeah, they were blitzing crap. Right. Left tackle Rashid Walker, who we recognized last week on Packers Blitz, took 100% of the snaps for the second week in a row. He actually, Mm -hmm. last week, he he started every, uh, played every Mm -hmm. single snap. Yeah. Uh, John Runyon and Sean Ryan continue to split snaps and compete Mm -hmm. at right guard. Left guard, Elton Jenkins was yeah. his all pro self again. Thank, thank God. Even center Josh Myers played yeah, well. Josh Myers. Unless, unless. Oh boy. <laughs> Vikings outside linebacker Danielle Hunter moved inside moved and Myers inside, had yeah. to block him one on one. Didn't go nope. too well. <laughs> didn't no, go didn't. too well. Uh, it goes without saying, but any success the Packers offense uh, as a whole is going to have starts up front. The when the line mm-hmm. can run block effectively enough to move the ball on the ground, it creates opportunities in the pass game. When the line creates a clean pocket for the quarterback, the quarterback has time to complete passes. Duh. Yay. Thus, thusly, Jordan Love and the Packers offense have benefited from great line play and become really effective. So great job, O-line. That was number three. There's so many people, so many, uh, so many units to recognize. Uh, we're going. moving on though to wide receiver Paul Melton. So we talked about uh, we talked about uh, uh, Aaron Jones, uh, you know, crossing the hundred yard mark twice, uh, running wise. Well, wide receiver Bo Melton, king of the practice squad, as I like to call him, became the first Packers wide receiver, the first one this year. <laughs> Two eclipse, wow. 100 yards. He had six receptions, 105 yards, and Crazy. a touchdown, which you would think would be uh, Justin Jefferson's line, right? <laughs> that yeah. wasn't the case, was it? No. Uh, Bull Melton's last catch was a 39-yard pass from Sean Clifford. Yes, backup quarterback Sean Clifford. <laughs> <laughs> Melton is now out of the practice squad is now out of uh, practice squad elevations uh, with the Minnesota game being his third. So the Packers finally signed him to their game wow. day roster. Congrats. Yep. So now he's on the roster, John, they paid him. They get paid. So that's awesome. Cause yeah. Activated, not activated, activated, not activated. Right. Wow. That's a tough line. Uh, fifth one. I got to keep going. Uh, Wide receiver, and he's called this by Matt LaFleur, War Daddy, War War Daddy, Jaden Reed, Mm -hmm. had six receptions, 89 yards, and two touchdowns. I'm glad I put him in my fantasy football final. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But he didn't play in the second half because of a chest injury. Mm. Uh, More more on that in a second. If not for that, he would have surely topped the century mark as well. LaFleur took advantage of the Vikings' heavy blitzing to repeatedly scheme uh, Jaden Reed open over the middle and motion him in the backfield. And he was getting open that way when he was motioning. Reed potentially will not be available for Sunday's playoff or bust game against the Chicago Bears. According to SI.com's Packers insider Bill Huber, and this is what he says. Reed said that he was injured when he fielded a punt and was crushed after calling for yeah. a late fair catch yeah. with a, with a minute 47 seconds, one minute 47 seconds remaining in the first half, end quote. 
Shortly after came one of the most amazing <laughs> individual efforts I have seen in watching football for over 50 years. So I just have Ooh. to say it. I just have to I just have to say yeah, it. Yeah. Jay Love hit Reed over the middle for a three-yard gain. He proceeded, Jaden Reed, yeah. proceeded to run through mm. a tackle attempt by star safety Harrison Smith. I know how much you love Harrison Smith. He's awesome. Yeah, he's at great the 22-yard line. He ran through that tackle attempt. Then he carried the other safety, don't don't care who it is, the final eight yards to the end zone for the touchdown. And he carried that guy, John, right? Yeah. Uh, So that was Jaden Reed's second of the night. Yes, Packers fans. Amazingly, he did all that while playing through considerable pain. Uh, this is kind of a side note, John. Maybe uh, Jair Alexander could learn some things watching players like Jaden oh playing through pain and discomfort. Okay, here we go. Shot <laughs> yeah. fired. Uh, yep. Very interesting milestone for Jaden Reed, all in caps. Very interesting. He entered the game with 54 catches, one behind the great Sterling Sharp for the franchise yeah. rookie record. Jaden broke that record of 55 catches that had stood since 1988 and now has 60. He now has 60 on the season. One of this year's rookie receiver of this, uh, sorry, of this year's rookie receiver class. Reed is fifth in receptions, seventh with 681 yards, and second with eight touchdowns. Isn't that awesome, John? Yeah, it's awesome. For the pack, for the pack, he is number one in receptions and yards, mm. and tied with Romeo Dobbs for number one in touchdowns. Wow. Brian Goodekunst. Brian Goodekunst drafted oh. Jaden to Ooh. fill that slot receiver role. Well, that was a well he's tied with CD Lamb. CD freaking really? Lamb of the Dallas Cowboys with seven touchdowns out of the slot. That's wow. that tied for number one in the league. That is so awesome. I, that is so awesome, Jaden. I hopefully you're listening to this podcast and yeah, buddy. At. Kudos to you. That's, that's awesome. To even be mentioned in the same sentence with CD freaking lamb. Lamb. It's pretty awesome. Pretty so Goody knocked it out here. of the park on that draft. Oh, wow. Um, no kidding. So we're off to number six now. Oh my gosh, you can't even probably believe it's there. Packers Bell Ringers, number six. Well, that would be uh Joe Barry's much maligned defense. Uh there his what? defense <laughs> gave up only 211 total yards, created two two turnovers, had four sacks, and 14, John, 14 quarterback hits. That's crazy. His pass pass rush plan, including multiple blitz packages, confused the Vikings' offensive line all night. It did. I uh, can't mm. can't dispute that. The yeah. Packers' defense dominated a Vikings team that was flat, unprepared, and disappointing. Mm. You could have said that last week about Joe Barry and his <laughs> defense's effort last week against the Carolina Panthers. I'm going to mention yeah. something that John just did. By the way, Carolina lost 26 to nothing against the Jacksonville Jaguars without yep. without starting quarterback Trevor Lawrence. The Jaguars mm-hmm. D gave up 0 points and had <laughs> 6 sacks. 6. Oh my god. The Packers D just a, you know, just a week ago gave up 30 no. points and had just 2 sacks. Hmm. <laughs> so that's yeah, sorry, I had to that's turn this crazy. back on Joe Barry a little bit, but it's yeah, crazy. The, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. So that's why I brought it, it doesn't. up. So I'm glad you brought it All up right. earlier. Uh yeah. lucky number seven. Uh Corey Ballantyne. The uh that that cornerback, man, he's awesome. Stepped in at the last minute. Uh, he stepped in because it's two top corners. Jair Alexander was suspended for conduct detrimental to the team, and Eric Stokes was placed on IR. 
Ballantyne delivered an impressive performance against a group of formidable receivers. He was targeted heavily, heavily by the Vikings quarterbacks, throwing yes, in was. his direction nine times. Nine times. Yes. However, Crazy. according However. to Paul Brettel of USA Today, mm -hmm. Ballantyne oh, okay. allowed only three receptions for 33 yards with two forced incompletions and an interception that led to seven points for the Green Bay Packers offense. End quote. He didn't allow a reception to the great Justin Jefferson in three attempts. Corey Ballantyne has done a very good job being aggressive and challenging opposing wide receivers. And here's another quote from that from Paul Brettel, I believe. From weeks 10 through 14 and week 17, that's when he started, by the way, those five weeks. When, when uh, Ballantyne was starting, his six forced incompletions during those games are tied for the fourth most out of 70... 70 eligible cornerbacks. Wow. End quote. So thank you, oh. Paul Brettel and Packers Wire for that very interesting data. That means he's very one of the top cornerbacks th those weeks he was starting, John. Mm -hmm. Maybe the Packers should just stop the lollygagging around <laughs> and make Corey Ballantyne one of our new starting quarterbacks. Maybe they should do that. Uh, Jair, I hope you're, hope you're listening. I hope Eric, Eric Stokes is listening too. Yeah. Uh, the Packers' entire team effort, uh, this is the last one, um, the Packers' entire team effort has all but eliminated the Vikings from playoff contention. NFL.com gives Minnesota a 3% chance to make the playoffs. The Packers rang in the new year by ringing the Vikings' bells. So, John, I don't know if you want to go through the Packers Blitz players of the game. I'm running out of steam. We're going to do All it right. really quick. There's well, so yeah, many people, though, to, to recognize. I will do that, that really went. quickly. So I this is who really I've quickly. got, but you can add or subtract. Already, i got a lot already, of people. I already agree here. with everybody you got. Okay, so go for it. All right. Uh, quick little tidbit. The secondary we played against Minnesota was the same secondary we played against Mahomes. And check the stats. It's crazy. Obviously, we won that game. So just go check the stats, uh, Packer Blitz fans and, and Packer fans out there. And you probably are going, what the heck are they starting? <laughs> like, what are we doing? You know, we, we faced Mahomes, a, a great quarterback. And then we faced, well, two. We've, in other words, they have faced three different quarterbacks this secondary and has destroyed them all. So it's crazy. I don't know why we don't start. Anyway, let's get into Packers Blitz players of the game. Uh, here, we, here we go. Jordan Love, yes. Aaron Jones, yes. Bo Melton, yes. Jaden Reed, yes. Our, our defense, we only got one. I would, I, 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 I got to put Rashawn Gary, too. He had 16 pressures. 16! Yeah. Yeah, definitely put him in there then. Yeah. He didn't have a sack, which is weird, but he had 16 pressures. Yeah, I know that's him in the back backfield a lot. <laughs> a lot. He was. So that's, he was I mean, that part was good. But yeah, I was kind of surprised. I mean, it doesn't really always show up in the uh no. in the stats, does it? People no, they are just don't. looking for they the almighty but, sack. Yeah. So Corey Bannon. The key is yes. to put pressure on the quarterback, isn't it? Right? Yeah. 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 So let's do a quick synopsis. Uh, yeah, like John, that, yeah, that one I can take, John. Oh, sure. Right. Okay. You wanted to yeah. rest your voice a little bit more. Okay, go ahead. Well, we'll have you take the next one. <laughs> yeah, no problem. I just want to see you rest your so, voice. So like, like John and I uh, said in episode 55, the Packers will win if they win the, the turnover battle. Mm -hmm. They did just that. If not for a botched catch by Samari Touré on a punt, yeah, the Packers cool. would have had zero <laughs> turnovers in the game. By the way, the only reason Touré was out there was because Jaden Reed got hurt and mm -hmm. was out of the game at that point. 
We said that the Packers offense needed to be able to run the ball with Aaron Jones and protect Jordan Love. They did just that. We said that the Packers defense needed to get to the quarterback and stop the prolific pass uh, catchers uh, of the Vikings. They did that. The Packers won the game by limiting stupid penalties, Mm. by protecting the football, being efficient on offense, and wreaking havoc on defense. Thank you, Green Bay Packers. We, the fans, loved, loved watching you annihilate the Minnesota Vikings. Thank you, Minnesota Vikings, for starting a quarter, rookie quarterback who was incapable of getting the ball the into the hands of Justin Jefferson. Thank Slap you. in the face. Thank they you, Minnesota. <laughs> so, John, All right. so, John, let's see some comments on, on that. That whole uh, synopsis that basically nope. said it all. Pretty much what we said in pre- yep. in the previous they episode, did. episode fifty five, happened. <laughs> all the yeah, things yeah. that we, I mean, basically to a T. Mm. So I guess we can pet our listen to that. us. Yeah, listen to us. Right. <laughs> so yeah, the listen floor. to this then. Right. So you could talk the about floor. the next game then. Yeah, the floor. Listen to us, Joe Barry. Listen to us, Joe Barry. Yeah. Killing me. Ah. Killing me, Whitey. They're killing me. All right. So let's get right into this because this is huge. Another huge, another huge game to end our season, which I don't know. A conspiracy minds. Let's gather together. Interesting. That's very interesting. Win or go home. (laughs) Packers versus Da Bears. Da Bears. Uh, Sunday, January 7th, 2024. Funny. They fl- they were thinking on flexing this game to Sunday night, and then somebody was like, "No, we have a better game, Miami against Buffalo." I'm like, that's "Yeah, that's a better game. game. <laughs> that's a better game." <laughs> yeah. Yep. Anyway, uh, three twenty-five on CBS Lambeau Field. Green Bay is favored. Uh, Son of a biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> Over <laughs> under forty-four. Uh, okay, so hey. Packer Blitz fans and Packer fans, I want to tell you something right now. The Bears are no joke. They're exactly, exactly like Detroit last year when they came in. So yep, we'll be a little scared. It's okay, but we'll, we'll work through this. Andy and I are going to hold your hand. We're going to talk you through this, okay? <laughs> Here's some things that we have to mention. First of all, the Bears are ranked 17th in the NFL Power Rankings by Yahoo Sports. Yes, and they have a losing Record. Yes. By the way, the Packers are ranked 16th. That's bullshit, but whatever. Um, their offense is number two, believe it or not, with 145.3 rushing yards per game. Yeah, that has a lot to do with Justin Fields. Uh, they are number two in time of possession. Uh, this is offense, by the way, again. Uh, defensively, they are number one in run D, only allowing 80.7 yards per game. So that's definitely going to be a point we got to go after. Mm-hmm. The defense is number one in interceptions, 22 interceptions versus, oh my God, seven for the Packers. <laughs> defense is 30 in sacks. Uh, we are 29th in sacks. Is that correct? Um, no, we have, I, I was just saying we had, tw- we have oh. 29 sacks okay. on the year. They, Okay, all right, right. Yeah, they. All right, sorry, so, they have twenty nine sacks on me. Oh, okay. All right, I thought we only, had twenty. No, we have, uh, I believe, forty off the top okay, of that's my what head. I thought. But we I will double that. check that. Yeah, they have twenty nine okay, sacks. And, only twenty nine sacks on the year. They're thirtieth. Yeah. Okay. In sacks. I will double check okay. that for everybody. Well, right. We want to be yeah. somewhat accurate. Uh, so this defense since November twenty seventh. Uh, win uh, 12 10, which is by the way, that's a horrible game. I I feel sorry for you fans if you watched it. Over the Vikings in Minneapolis, the Bears D has given up 13, 20, 16, and 17 points in the last four weeks. But mind you, the teams they have played, okay, they played Atlanta, which we should have boat raced. Now we get started on the Atlanta game. Mm. Anyway, the Bears are four and one in their last five games. And actually, both the Bears and Packers are five and two in their last seven games, yeah. and they they are playing very well. Um, they actually could have beat oh, who could Cleveland. they have beaten? 
They should have beat Cleveland. They, they should have beat, beat Detroit. Cleveland, yeah. Both oh, away games that they blew yeah, yeah, right yeah, at yeah, the end yeah. of the game. Yeah, because, so they could yeah. easily be nine and seven, John. Easily be nine and seven. Yep. But then again, we should be nine and seven, in my opinion. But anyway, or, yeah, maybe a little yeah. better. Okay, yeah. so here we go. Everybody knows Justin Fields, impactful player. Uh, which, by the way, I just want to say something really. I want to say something nice about the Bears fans once. So listen up, Bear fans. You will never hear this again. The Bears have the number one pick next year because Carolina sucks. So they have the number one pick next year, plus a ton of cap room. And they're thinking on um, uh, trading Justin Fields for maybe a second or a late first. So they could have, my God, how many picks in the first two rounds is crazy. And and uh, first, you know, three, four rounds is so we got to be very careful. We got to we got to really watch these yeah, guys. Yeah, they're going to have their own nice pick. Thing I would say. Yeah, they're going to yeah. have their own pick, which will be in the top ten, and then they're going to have the number, so, the number one pick as the well. The number one pick. They want to so, get a nice second pick. round pick back for. Uh, they had yeah. traded uh, for uh, defensive end Montez Sweat, who you're about to get to, and they gave yeah, yeah. up a second rounder for him. So they probably want to get that back. So for Fields, oh, they probably, probably want at least a second rounder for him. Yes. So Justin Fields has not played too bad lately. He uh, in 12 games, he's led the Bears of Rashin 630 yards. Yep. And has an 85.8 quarterback rating. He is playing for his NFL future. Yes. He is putting stuff on tape, which is scary when you really think about it. But he is prone to fumbling with 10 fumbles on the season. Uh, because Fields also can take over a game with his legs. Oh boy, the Packers D will have to contain him and stop him from running all over Lambeau, yes. which I have an answer how to do that when we get to that. Okay. Uh, in week one, Fields led the Bears with 59 yards on the ground, but you do also remember he fumbled on one of those times. Uh, I can't remember who knocked it up. Yeah, and he also, John, did not have a run over 10 yards. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So wide receiver DJ Moore, which is good, he's having another great season. He's a great receiver. Ninety-two receptions, thirteen hundred yards, eight touchdowns. He's brought in nine of thirteen targets for one hundred fifty yards and a TD. And the Bears win thirty-seven to seventeen over the Falcons. I can't even pronounce them. I'm never gonna get in. Piss me off. Anyway, in Week Five against Washington, he went nuclear. Eight receptions, yes. 230 yards, and three touchdowns. And by the way, if you're saying, well, wait a minute, isn't Washington's defense worse than ours? Mm. <laughs> Their secondary <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah, that's what we have to avoid at all costs. Uh, yeah. Then they got defensive end Montez Sweat. He has 12 and a half sacks, three forced fumbles, uh, four uh, passes defense. Sorry. Best is defended. Thank you. Uh, 13 tackles for loss. He came over from Washington in a tr midseason trade and he's helped fuel the ascent to the Bears defense. Yes. Uh, with the Tez effect. Yep. That's what they the call it. From, the Tez effect. Oh my God. From 23rd in the NFL to 12th in total yards allowed. Yes. And from 22nd to 11th in takeaways, the 27 year old has inter uh, invigorated. invigorated uh, a unit that showed chemistry, swagger, and competitiveness. I agree. They're looking uh, uh, very, very well and not to be taken for granted. And again, I can't stress enough, they look exactly like Detroit coming in uh, when they had nothing to lose. And, scary. Uh, you know, what happened, that's scary. So, keys to another Packer win and Packers making the playoffs. Unless you wanted to add anything, Andy, should I get to this one? Nope. You're doing great, John. Oh, keep up the good work. This is not, again, at repeat, not the same Bears team that we defeated in week one in Chicago, 38 to 20. And yeah, if the Packers take them lightly, just like with Detroit, we will lose. Period. So here are the keys. Uh, keep Fields contained on the ground. His longest run in week one was 10 yards. If Justin Fields has a stat line with no rushing TDs and no runs over 10 yards, we will win. I agree. Uh, now, how can we combat that? 
Now you want to say, well, let's get Quay Walker on them. Let's let's put another. No, this is what uh, this is what I, I I want to do, and they won't do it. Lucas Van Ness has the speed to get out and set the edge and to get after him because I saw him start on Sunday chasing down a running back for the Vikings, and he was not too far away. And I'm like, damn, that guy's some wheels on him. So with Justin Fields, if you can, you know, get him, get Lucas Van Ness to be like, okay, buddy, you see Justin Fields, he takes a, a he takes a piss, you take a piss, he takes a sandwich, you get a sandwich, you know, whatever that guy does, you go after him. That is your one thing to do. Now, yep. will that work? Probably not, because uh, Lucas Van Ness tends to go inside a little bit, tends to overcommit. He's a rookie, so everybody calm down. But if you just give him a chance and just say, let's just focus on this, I think he can really, really help. Uh, okay. Dan, you got to so get him some more reps anyway. Gotta, gotta we got to get, get him so, in there. We got to yeah. get him in there. He looked good in that Clay very Walker first game. Him. He actually tackled he Fields uh, yeah, a few he times. Caught him. Behind. Yes. He caught him from behind. Yep. Yeah. So like oh, he played really well. Week, the Packers don't turn the ball over. Yes, they will be victorious. And like last week, if the Packers' O-line protects Jordan Love in the passing game, opposing team O-line doesn't keep uh, doesn't keep its quarterback upright, the Packers will win. So, yes, same recipe what we talked about last week with the Vikings with this. Now, the Packers probably won't be able to run well with Aaron Jones, even though he has been smoking hot. As a result, this needs to be a season-defining game for Jordan Love and the Packers' passing game. If he is the quarterback, uh, going to be the quarterback of the future, then you have to play like it, Jordan. Don't pull, oh my God, don't pull an Aaron Rodgers from last year. There was a lot of stuff going in with that. Let's be honest, Packer fans and Packer Blitz fans. He knew that this was it, and I think he played like that. Anyway, that's a whole different episode. Uh, play like you have played for the last two months, Jordan, and the Packers will via for the Lombardi trophy. That's the goal, isn't it? I think the goal is let's just get in the playoffs <laughs> and see what happens. Okay. The Packers now have won str seven straight games against the NFC North opponents in December. They just need to find a way to win the game when the season's uh, on the line in January during the last several seasons, even led by a former, my boy MVP, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, they haven't looked so great. Maybe that all changes the better for Sunday afternoon. Uh-oh. <laughs> for the sanity's sake, Packers need to take care of business. Lambeau on Sunday. The sanity of your fan base is at stake. Packer fans uh, do not want to repeat performance like last year when an opposing NFC North team comes in into Lambeau with nothing to play for and spoils the playoff Packers playoff hopes. Andy. It's your call, buddy. What's the score? <laughs> well, uh, you don't know this, John, but I got kicked out for like a couple minutes. So um, I'm not oh. even sure if we're still on, but the we recording started up again. We're we're at one minute. So, but yeah, I can give my prediction if you want. I'm not sure what took yeah. and what didn't. Okay. So, okay. But we'll keep going. We keep going. Keep going yep. So my Packers blitz prediction, and I don't mean to be a downer with this. Uh, Bears 24, Packers 20. Ooh. And so there's a big long explanation with this. And uh, once the booing stops, <laughs> uh, I'm not a homer when it comes to predicting football games. I'm nine and seven on the season. Oh. Honestly, it has been a roller coaster ride of a season for the Packers and my prognosticating. And unfortunately, the 2023 season comes to an end for the Packers on Sunday. It'll be mm -hmm. close. However, I don't trust the Packers D coached by Joe Barry, and I don't trust that Jordan Love will continue his stellar play and play one of his best games. And even for a non-playoff team, the Bears have been playing really well in recent weeks. 
Bears head coach Matt Eberflus is coaching for his job. Since his specialty is on the defensive side of the football, I think that you could see a lot of interceptions by the Bears secondary in this game. That will turn into easy points for the Bears. The linebacking core of the uh, for the Bears is also stellar and will limit Aaron Jones. I predicted a Bears loss at Lambeau uh, to end the season. Actually, I predicted a win. <laughs> Sorry, I said loss um, before the season even begun. So I predicted them to win at Lambeau, John, and. Uh, that's what my gut is telling me. Packers, please don't listen to my gut. Uh, you know, I really hope it's not going to happen. John, any comments on that? And you want to give your no, prediction? No. I'm going to do my prognostication. Prognostication. You're uh, looking at your crystal ball. I think I think it's the same thing is going to happen in the, in the Vikings, Packers, what I said last week. Mm-hmm. It's going to come down to, again, a situation whether it be a, a terrible call like they did in the Lions uh, Cowboys game, or someone makes a great catch, or and I don't know who that's gonna be. And I know I'm on the fence. Call me waffle, whatever you want to do, put some syrup on me. Um, but that's what I think, because that's kind of this is that the gut kind of game. It, it's just who can come out and who can just dominate and, and stay focused and come through there. And remember, folks. This is Jordan Love's first game like this. So let's not go crazy, you know, for that. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is the first time he's ever been win or in. And, you know, that's tough. That's a tough call. So he needs help. And that's the big thing that I get where, Andy, where you're coming from is will he get the help he needs? You know, you don't know. You don't yeah, know. it would be nice if it came we'll from see. Aaron Jones. Yeah, especially. Aaron Jones has to have a big game. His receipt, Tucker Craft, yeah. the defense has, has to play as good or even better than it did last week. So, so, you, so you John, you're thinking it's going to be a close game? Do you think the Packers – Very close. Will, do you think they're still going to you know, pull it I out? I think the Packers can pull it out and should pull it out and win this game. Okay. But, again – that's what I thought Detroit was just going to lay down for us yep. and just be like, whatever. They did not. Doesn't matter. They did not. And they just took it to us. And it, the game was, you were just like, you, the Packers just looked def- deflated from the beginning to the end. And I don't know if that's going to be like this because there was so much going on. Uh, will he, will he, won't he, Aaron Rodgers be back next year? You know, will these guys be back? Will that guy be back? Is LaFleur coaching for his job? Is he going to leave? And now you don't have any of that other than if we don't win this game, yeah, well, there could be a lot of changes in the offseason. So we'll see. Well, you had uh, last year Aaron Rodgers. He didn't play his best game. And I think it's going to take a great game from Jordan Love for for us to win. He's going to have to play like he has the last several weeks. If he right. does that, I think we got a good chance. I, yeah, I yeah. just, just have a bad feeling about the game and, and I don't yeah. mean to be negative about it, but Thanks a um, lot. well, that's Let's a, concluded. Yeah. <laughs> and that was something that, uh, you know, again, we had talked about even before the season started. So I thought this was go. kind of a trap game right at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Luckily, we're still, we're still in the conversation to make yes, the playoffs. So, and again, we win and we're in. So, yeah. yeah. So move on to our conclusions then, John, right? You betcha, buddy. <laughs> John and I are, are ecstatic that the Packers are back at 500. Mm-hmm. Packers are 8-8 eight and eight now. They now need to win this week against the seven and nine uh, bears and the pack is back and in the NFC playoffs, making the playoffs would be a big success and a big trans in a, in a big transition season Packers keep the bells ringing in 2024 
Then and only then will this be a truly happy new year for the Packers and Packers Nation. So that's all I got, John. All right, buddy. Tonight. So, yeah. Oh, no, go ahead. I'm hoping, I'm I'm really You're hopeful wrong. the Packers are going to continue their season. So yeah. I really, it, um, I just, yeah. Yeah. Let's put it this way. If we get into the playoffs, we're playing with house money. Okay. We, we would be a problem for a team because let's say we play Dallas or let's say we play Detroit. They're going to be so on edge <laughs> to win. We're going to be like, we're like that guy who shows up at the party and goes, woo, I'm invited to a party. And he doesn't care what happens. He just got invited. He just wants to have a good time and go home and, you know, whatever. And the other guy's like, please let this party be the greatest party ever. And you're like, whatever. <laughs> and if you've ever been to a party like that, it's a great feeling where you don't have to worry about anything. You just go there to have a good time. And if you do, you do. Um, so again, yeah. and I did have, I did have another thing to say before we go, the Packers okay. players need to play their best. Oh, everybody. They really do this game, especially when it counts. How many times in the last several seasons, even with Aaron Rodgers, have they not played their best when they had to? Yeah, I don't know. I understand that. So that's all I'm saying, Packers yeah. fans. This is going to be a watershed moment where are they mm -hmm. going to be able to, you know, uh, turn the page? Are they going to be able to right the ship, so to speak? Are they going to be able to steer a course in the right direction for once instead yeah. of, you know, disappointing uh, to be quite honest, disappointing me, <laughs> disappointing uh, oh, our, our fans, disappointing, disappointing yeah. Packer fans. Packers yeah, yeah. have fans have done, done nothing. I'm going to get I get this wrong, but they have done nothing but support this team this entire year. And with the roller coaster ride that they've been on, mm -hmm. and now the Packers need to show up at Lambeau Field and kick some yeah. butt again. Yes. And hopefully they will do that. And I really hope they will. So that's all, right. all I have to say about Thank that. Thank you. All right. So Amen. Uh, make sure you hit like and subscribe wherever you listen to Packers Blitz on uh, Spotify or YouTube or Apple. Um, again, send your Ask Andy questions in. That is PackersBlitz80 at gmail.com. And uh, that's really about it, buddy. Uh, go Pack Go! Happy New Year! Go Pack Go! All right, love you, buddy. Have some fun. Bye.